The Mutual Broadcasting System has the pleasure of presenting the 12th broadcast of a special 26-week series of plays by radio playwright Arch Obler. In this series, we hope to bring you dramas full of the excitement and the meaning of plays told in relation to the expanding world in which we live. The play will be introduced by Arch Obler. In a world which fills our hours with a multiplicity of little things, it's sometimes good to stand away in imagination and think of the great wonder of life itself, that out of the darkness of space came this great gift of consciousness. Tonight, with my distinguished actor friend, Edmund Gwen, I'd like to bring you my play about this infinite wonder. my good friends, I can only add that I thank you with all my heart for the honor you have given me this evening. The newspaper men who are here would, of course, like me to make a sensational statement regarding the nature and the effect of cosmic rays. That is understandable. We know that these rays originate in the cold distances so far beyond our universe that the human mind cannot begin to grasp the reality of the endless darkness. We know that these cosmic radiations are continually bombarding us, changing the very structure of things with every passing second. Some of us believe that it is this radiation which, acting upon the atoms of primeval matter, caused the gradual evolution of the creature called man out of primeval slime. Yes, a popular magazine article recently headlined the cosmic ray as the essence of life. The essence of life. Perhaps. But where out of the frigid darkness come these radiations? Where? What lies beyond the reach of our greatest telescopes that is the source of this tremendous unseen flow of cosmic energy? Huh. Some of you stir restlessly. You are thinking our friend Sir Albert grows senile. Life grows short for him. He is looking out into the night with fear. No, my friend. It is not fear that makes me ask the questions whence and where. It is not even hope. It is wonder. Wonder at the source of this unending stream of power that drives across eternal space, bringing our universe what may be the very source of life. Now I say to you, what so many of you already believe in your hearts, that our world, and all we know of it, all things, all beings, is not mechanism, but the result, the expression of a thought, a great transcending thought. I leave you with this question. Can it be that cosmic radiations are a direct expression of that divine eternal thought? If you'll sit here, Sir Albert. Thank you, Harry. Thank you. May I get you something? No, no. Oh, just see if they let me rest here a few moments. I'm very tired. I'd like to say it was a thrilling occasion, Sir Albert. So many of your friends who... Ah, those reporters. Tell them I'll see them as soon as I possibly can. Yes, sir. Oh, 
closer and closer. They come to me. They follow me. And in me, there is an unbearable yearning to fly up into them, follow the path of them, on and on and on. My whole consciousness tears with the want to go into those flying sparks. I feel torn into a million shreds with the want to go into them, followed, and I must, I must, and then panic. A horrible feeling of panic. I cry out, I awaken. My dream is over. And I cannot sleep. Well, there, I told you. Father. Uh, you, daughter. You, Kurt, you're young. Perhaps in the freshness of your mind, you can find an answer to this hallucination that comes to me in my sleep. Well, haven't either one of you anything to say? Sixty years of research, Father. You've worked harder than any man I've known, and so you're tired. And so you dream. Come with us to the moors. You'll rest, and, and then you won't dream anymore. Hmm. Perhaps I want to dream again. Turning in soon. Right, Sir Robert? Hmm? Yes, yes, in a few moments. Tired, aren't you? And no wonder, what was it, 15 miles? <laughs> no, don't exaggerate, darling. 10 miles, and, and that's stretching it a bit. <laughs> Father? Hmm? You are feeling better, aren't you? Huh? I said you're happy, you're resting at night. Tad's been better since she's been here with us? Yes, yes, of course. I'm so glad. Sometimes I... I was almost afraid that you... Oh, but I'm talking too much. And I should be sleeping. Well, off I go to my little white couch. Here? Hmm? No, I think I'll have another pipe full before I turn in. Well, if I'm spurned, I'm spurned. You, Father, going up? No. No, I'll sit here a bit if you don't mind. All right. But don't sit up late, you two. You won't. Good night, Father. Good night, dear. Good night. Hmm. Wind's rising. Look at those sparks go up the chimney. Kurt. Yes, sir? What I said before, it isn't true. Sir? I told Grace I've been sleeping well. I haven't, you know. Hmm? Guess as much. It's been worse every night. The dream? Yes. If I only could understand the meaning of it. I tell you, boy, it's like a familiar name you can't remember. The want of remembering grinds in your head until it's beyond endurance. Is it the same as you told me? Yes, yes, exactly the same. The hilltop, the feeling of freedom from body, that rush of sparks like music to my ears, the want to rise up beyond them, then the sudden feeling of panic and the horrible awakening. What does it mean? What? Every night, over and over. Why? 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 If I could do something, sir. Do? What is there to do? I'm not a young man. You work in such a strain. If you'd let yourself be examined, oh, I mean a competent medical man would find that, well, a subconscious cause of your dream. Well, you're not angry, are you, sir? There's no reason to be angry. Uh, I think I'll go up. Good night. You're not? No, no, I'll sit here until the fire's burned out. 
Good night, son. I... I'd like to say that... Well, the reason I suggested a psychiatrist was not that I... Well, I... I understand, yes? Good night. Good night, sir. I... I hope you rest well. Good night. Yes, yes. I'm finally impatient, whoever you are. 
That's what it is. If I might come in, Reynolds. Sorry to disturb you at this hour. Come in, sir. Come in. Thank you. I had no idea, sir, keeping you waiting. Quite all right. The country, sir. Did you enjoy it? My son-in-law brought me back to see a doctor. You're ill, sir. A chair, won't you sit? No, no, quite all right. What time is it? Uh, almost 11, sir, Albert. If you're not well, then somehow I... I had to come here tonight. Late as it was, I, I had to. All the laboratory workers, we've missed you, sir. It's been a long time since you left London. Almost a month. Twenty-nine nights. Did you say something, sir? No, nothing. I... I tell me, the work. Has it been going well? Quite well, sir. Outside, I could hear the whine of a generator. Yes, sir, this... This here. We've gone right ahead with the work. Mm. We've gotten some rather interesting results by reverse excitation of the cathode fields. May I show you? Yes. Well, sir, the reason that is to devise some means of illustrating, or rather, visualizing cosmic radiation so that it can be demonstrated in the classroom. I devised this contraption. It has no authenticity, but it does visualize on this fluorescent screen what a rush of cosmic rays might look like. Ah, show me, boy. Right, sir. You see... I don't understand. So wash of sparks. The pattern of sparks I feel. So Albert. Don't you believe that I was crazy? I've seen them. The same pattern of flying sparks, but a thousand, thousand times greater. So but you're not serious. Cosmic rays, they aren't visible to the eye. Glorious. Driving through space, through the universe, showering the earth. So Albert. I've seen it, I tell you. I've seen it in my dream. Dream? Yes, in my dream. That's what I wanted to know, and now I do know. What I've been seeing in my sleep. Cosmic radiation. Cosmic rays. The part of them out of the infinite. Pouring out of one floating point of the darkness of space. Yes, yes, stare at me all you want to, but I've been dreaming that night after night. I've been... But why do I dream that? I know what I dream. But I don't know... Why? Mr. Lennox, if Sir Albert... No, Harris, there's no need to be so disturbed. But I've been with Sir Albert so many years. His strange behavior... Yeah, nothing strange about it. He apparently walked around the streets until he was exhausted. So, when he came home, he announced that tonight he felt certain he'd be able to sleep. Now, that's perfectly plausible and normal. I don't like it, sir. Harris, you're an old woman. Instead of that long face, you should be happy. Should I? No. Harris. For the first time in weeks, Sir Albert seemed alive and animated, eager to go to sleep. <laughs> well, that sounds paradoxical, doesn't it? Well, see, I feel happy too, somehow. That's the way you should feel. Oh, this is going to be good news for Grace, Lennox. I think I'll telephone her. 
could be as pleased as Punks as the rabbit has come out of it all. Gone to bed and to sleep in a perfectly normal manner. Yes. To sleep in a perfectly normal manner. Closer, closer, sooner it touches me. Covering me. 
just heard Mr. Edmund Gwen in The Truth, a play by Arch Obler. With Mr. Gwen were Miss Roseanne Murray, Anthony Ellis, Alec Harford, and Bruce Elliott. Announcer Marvin Best. The music was composed by Gordon Jenkins and the orchestra conducted by Jack Meehan. Mr. Gwen will soon be seen in the Metro-Golden-Mayer picture, Bewitched, which was written and directed for MGM by Arch Opler. Next week, we will bring you a new play, Big Shot. The program notes tell us that this is a comedy exclusively about big shots. This will be the 13th in a special series of plays written, produced, and directed for the Mutual Broadcasting System by Arch Obler. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.